The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Welcome. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thank you so much for joining me again uh, today. I've had so many great emails uh, through the week and talking about uh, what people see as the the need for change in organizations. I have one uh, woman that contacted me about how leadership has really got to change in order to be effective going forward. And somebody else was talking about branding and how um, really, if you don't have a great internal brand, you're not going to have a great external brand and you're not going to be able to hold on to your people. But that's not what I want to talk about today. Uh, Today, part of something that's been on my mind and my co-author, Marag Barrett, we're going to, we are currently writing a new book with Wiley Press. It will be out in September, uh, not September, it will, (laughs) that's when we have to have the book in. It will be out in February of 2017. And it's a little different twist. I I really like the research that we've done for this book and, and, and the things that we're talking about, but it's the factors that we all are going to need to think about that are going to drive the 21st century workplace and organization. And what are the things that you need to do that are going to be different and help you sustain yourself, uh, help you stay relevant in this next century where everything is being turned upside down? Old beliefs, values, understandings of how things worked work are all changing and the job models are all changing the whole economic models are changing and really that's why I invited Jean Lee today to come uh, speak with us I'm very excited to have Jean Jean has been a longtime friend of mine she's from PricewaterhouseCoopers she is a principal there she's a principal with the change and uh, technology division working with really top-end Silicon Valley organizations and technology organizations around the world talking about how they can continue to be relevant, how they need to drive strategy, how they need to drive talent. And Jean has just a wealth of insights that I'm so excited to talk about today. So, Jean, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I, I know you're in uh, Armonk right now and uh, working on some, some stuff. And, you know, you've been, I, I can just see the, 
the, um, the, the, the lightning waves coming out of your brain from all the things that you've been thinking about and talking about and, and uh, th- that are going to be impacting work going forward. So what are some of the things that, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers is just a great organization and it does all this really tremendous research, which frankly I have used over the years. What, what are you seeing as the big impact of technology going forward that's kind of an aha um, it's it's a great question, and um, you know I'm I'm really glad to know that you are able to leverage our research. Um, we we make lots of investments in in just staying on on top of the top issues, and um, you know of course you know we do a, an annual CEO survey. Um, that's probably where we we seem to get a lot of a lot of insights around sort of what is keeping top leaders up at night. What are some of the uh, top-of-mind issues that uh, companies are grappling with these days. And it's uh, interestingly enough, technology does um, end up being at the top of the list, that along with talent. Um, I guess maybe speaking specifically to technology and some of the impacts that that's having on organizations, um, what, I, what I seem to be reading a lot about and what seems to be top-of-mind for CEOs um, are, are some, of, some of the following. Um, from an emerging technology perspective, you've got robotics, you've got artificial intelligence, you've got the Internet of Things, which I, I don't know is so new anymore, but I think the applications of what it means to organizations, what it means to consumers at large is really starting to take shape and um, starting to really you know, become real for, for people. Um, Beyond some of the emerging technologies, I would say even just kind of some standard technology types of trends like, you know, increasing move to the cloud, right? So mm-hmm. no longer really yeah. are companies relying on sort of the on-premise model. Really most everything is going to the cloud, and that has um, pretty significant impacts to organizations, um, not only how they manage the technology but how they use it. Um, a lot of also what we're seeing is just the increasing use of technology in ways that companies are engaging with their customers, um, stakeholders, you, you know, social listening, social tools, collaboration tools. Um, really, that it seems to be taking off a whole lot more now than, than it has in the past. And I would say the last thing is, you know, because of all of this, um, You've got a whole lot more kind of security types of concerns. So the the increased use of technology and the increase increasing um, connectivity and the devices. Obviously, there's there's just such a heightened sensitivity and threat from a cybersecurity perspective. Yeah, that's um, big. That really is having pretty significant impacts to organizations. So kind of all those things combined. I know that's quite a bit. Um, is really impacting organizations in, in pretty significant ways. Yeah, it's almost like a perfect storm. But, you know, I know, really I know you guys uh, do a big, you know, the CEO survey and research for the Davos uh, uh, event in, the, in early winter. And uh, one of the things that I read, which I, I think we're kind of missing these days, is that with technology... And with digitization, with robotics, artificial intelligence, and algorithms, a lot of white-collar jobs are going to be significantly impacted. And 
I think people are not really realizing this and paying attention to. So it's, it's only going to cause a greater divide between, um, because the, the, the high paying jobs are the, going to get more high paying and the current high paying jobs are going to start to go away in the white collar workforce. What are your thoughts on that, Jean? I mean, I think that's scary. It, it is really scary, and I, you know, it's one of those things where um, I, I think most leaders are used to, um, you know, what I might call like the back office jobs or sort of the lower skill types of jobs um, being being good candidates for either um, elimination or for automation. Right. Um, that's you know that, that that's that those have been strategies that are that have been out there for a while. So that's that's no surprise. Um, it, 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 you know, things have become real for people, right? When you think about higher uh, intelligence type of activities, um, to your to your point, maybe some of like the white collar types of jobs. Um, now it's it's really becoming real for these leaders because of the fact that you have um, technologies and algorithms that are are so smart that they can mimic um, yes. the brain and the mind that you really can replicate. Um, a lot of uh, work that typically you'd think is required by an actual human, um, yeah. you know, that is no longer. I mean, you know, interestingly, from a PricewaterhouseCoopers business perspective within our business, um, you know, some of that is starting to creep into what we do um, from a, you know, some of the audit work. Uh, yeah. A lot of that has sort of Research gone, work. Yeah. Uh, audit in our audit business. Um, there, you know, for, for some time now, some of that work has become much more automated. Um, you might even be able to see in some of our, our, our tax business um, some work that more and more can be automated. And then, you know, in our consulting business, which is where I reside, um, there, there are, you know, lots of areas and activities where, you know, you might kind of say, you know, there, there, there's some reasons um, and some methods that, you know, may make some of those uh, work activities um, obsolete or be, you know, be replaced with, you know, robotics or artificial intelligence of some kind. So um, it, is, um, it is scary on an extreme level, um, but it's a really good opportunity um, to kind of rethink work and how work gets done. And it, it may not necessarily mean that jobs are replaced, but jobs then change. Right. As they always have, frankly, Gene, at the turn of the century. You know, I mean, we had uh, uh, manufacturing, then we had assembly line, then we had, you know, the late 20th century, we had, you know, the, the influx of technology that, that, you know, improved processes. And now we have really the capability to do a lot of things that people used to do that artificial intelligence can do just as well. And I was just reading, you mentioned robotics, but I was just reading today that, um, you know, LinkedIn has that capability to really connect with people and speak to people through robots about what they're really looking for and what they're really, oh, it's Amazon, actually, what they're really looking to buy and guide them, which is different than, you know, oh, uh, here's a cookie and let me pull up. You were looking at this website last last week, and so here's this website. It's really much more intellectually and emotionally engaging with people. Yeah, it, it's it's um it's interesting, and and um I guess maybe just building off of that, I this this whole notion of um, 
personalization mm. uh, and sort of the data that's out there that continues to build upon the knowledge that that you know that a computer or a system may have to just know you better. Yeah. Right? It just keeps on building, 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 and these algorithms are just become smarter um, that they can then start to predict um, what, what your likes may be as well as then also um, replicate, I guess, you know, some, some human, um, some human and, 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 I don't know, live interactions that, um, you know, that become very, <laughs> very real. Uh, very real. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to have a robot that knew me well. <laughs> I'd like to know myself better, to be honest with you. I, wouldn't, wouldn't we all? So, so wouldn't Jean, we all, exactly. Wouldn't we all? Um, so I think that this is going to change some very basic jobs that um, may, in fact, really go away. I mean, if somebody can interact with a robot around an emotional issue or a depression issue, how is that going to impact, you know, psychologists? If somebody can interact with a robot uh, around decorating it, somebody can not rent a car but go to a kiosk and get a car and it drives itself, how does that impact insurance? I mean, major industries are going to, I think, start having to reframe themselves in really big ways or they're going to be... Out of luck. A couple of quick yeah. thoughts on that, Jean. Well, um, I, I think you're kind of hitting at the crux of, you know, a big question that a lot of companies are starting to really think about, which is, what does this mean to my organization? And, uh, you know, I, I hate to be a little bit trendy here, but what's the future of work? Right. Um, work, just work itself is, is being redefined um, for a lot of, reasons that we just talked about and in some of the examples that you just threw out there are good ones you know there it's 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 uh if it's kind of basic actually it's kind of going back to the basics of you know if you do have um machines or other ways and methods to get work done um then then what what kinds of workers do you actually need and 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 maybe that's not even the right question but at the end of the day what is the work, right? And then what is the best, what the method, best method to get the work done? Absolutely. Jean, we're, we're uh, at break, but that leads me to the next point, which we're going to talk about when we come back. What, what are you seeing around talent? Because you said the second thing on the CEO's mind is really about talent. So let's talk about that when we get back. How is this going to impact talent? How is this going to impact um people's ability to succeed. Great. Look forward to it. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? 
How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on game-changing HR leaders. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Game-Changing HR Leaders, presented by SAP and America's SAP Users Group. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and I have with me today Jean Lee, really an expert on uh, leadership and change from PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, Jean has been a, is is currently a principal with PricewaterhouseCoopers and has tremendous insight into trends that are really going to impact the workplace in in huge ways going forward. So, Jean, you know, we were just talking about technology, but you know, you guys do that annual CEO survey, and um, which <laughs> I have to say, I, I look forward to it every year because it's really great. And, you know, we were talking about technology, but talent was second on the minds of CEOs. And we were just talking about how jobs are changing, et cetera. Tell me a little bit more about that. How, how is this going to all impact talent? It's a great question, and it's really is really top of mind for CEOs. Uh, just, you know, just to give, put it into perspective, from the survey, and we, we surveyed 1,400 CEOs, 80% said they're concerned about key skills in their organization to execute on their strategies. And this is up from 58% who said they were concerned about key skills uh, back in 2010. So over this six-year period, we see the jump from 58% to 80%, which to me is compelling. Yes. Really, really huge jump. From a talent standpoint, so just think about all that we just talked about, about the ways in which work is changing, the ways in which potentially, you know, quote-unquote jobs or roles within the organizations need to be rethought. All this comes down to then the talent that you need to execute on all that. And, you know, it's sort of no wonder that there's such a concern about the key skills that they need because 
the fundamental if you're rethinking the work itself and the jobs and roles that are needed to execute, uh, it's, it's a little bit uh, daunting to think about how you're actually going to execute uh, on your strategies. A couple of things that I think are even more particular to, um, to the technology sector, which is where I do a lot of work, the, the war for talent is pretty significant. And, you know, I don't want to just single out technology sector, but from what I've seen, it is at this crazy fever pitch given the, uh, the goals and, and the growth trajectory that a lot of technology companies are experiencing. So the war for talent, yeah, it seems like everyone's going after the exact same talent, first of all. Right. And no longer do I think the kind of standard perks work anymore. Um, as well, if you have this shortage of talent and everyone's going after the same talent, you've got to do more and more to retain the talent that you do need and, in fact, try to make the most of the talent that you do have. So if, you, if, you, if you're not winning the war and not getting the talent, new talent in, You've got to think about reskilling and doing more with what you have. So, all this is to say that there are a lot of investments in uh, talent acquisition and really sourcing and finding new and different ways to find the talent that you need, as well as a lot more investments in, I would say, employee engagement, learning and development, certainly, and I guess other talent strategies. Um, to make employees really as happy as they can be, um, as well as as skilled as they can be to be valuable to an organization. So there's really some pretty significant impacts to talent, and leaders are really having to make some decisions about investments, some pretty big investments yeah. uh, all along the you know all along uh, the talent continuum. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, we have always said that. People that are in our field, yours and mine, have always said, you know, it is about the people. But now it really is about the people. And, you know, look at what Walmart did. I mean, Walmart all of a sudden decided to, you know, uh, change some environmental things in the company, give people raises, uh, pay attention to employee engagement issues because they couldn't keep the talent. And that's going to become more and more. I, I think that's fascinating. So what perks do work, Jean? Well, what, what, I, what I see, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a, t- a couple tiers uh, that, that I think companies need to think about. Out here, there's probably a kind of table stakes type of tier uh, in terms of, you know, again, I'll give some references mostly to technology sectors, which I, which I see, but I think this could could be a little bit uh, of what you see in other in other companies as well. Um, the you know salary there 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 is a vast amount of knowledge out there around salaries, prevailing salaries. So you do need to really stay in a band, uh, a well known band. So the money's got to be there. Certainly, uh, stock options, RSUs, equ- you know, equity um, is is really important. As well as I would say, you know, anymore at tech companies, I think some of the standards like the free food, the snacks, just some of those kinds of things just about your work environment seem to be table stakes in, in some way, shape, or form. So they got to be there. 
They got they got to be there. You know, there, there's there's a lot of organizations that are putting that out there. I, I wouldn't say the food part is uh, necessary. And I, this sounds funny to actually talk about it, um, but lots of uh, HR leaders kind of struggle with that. Well, gosh, do I have to you know offer the free food or not? Um, anyway, it, it does seem to be that there are a lot of just kind of table stakes types of things that organizations uh, need to offer. Then beyond that. I think it's about really creating meaning and purpose for employees, and that could take a lot of different shapes. I do think that if you are in a technical field, if you're an engineer, what you value is time to explore and research and and innovate, right? right? So having some sort of dedicated time that you you get to play around with with, uh, company resources and have that time and freedom to be able to do that, I think is really valuable for a lot of people who who are engineers and want to innovate and are used to being able to go from startup to startup because of that need to create and and and, and be creative. So um, I, I would say that I do hear quite a bit that that is a that is a perk that a lot of technical people need. Um, I would also say that one which, by the way, Google offers and they're brilliant at that. They're very good at that. Yep, yep, exactly. And and a lot of other companies have followed suit. Um, because they have found that that is actually really valued. Uh, and I would say also, you know, even particularly um, as we, you know, talk more and more, more and more about millennials and that they're becoming a bigger part of the workforce, we have found that that is something that millennials in general value. Uh, I wouldn't put it just on them, but certainly that is, that is a, uh, a top priority. I would also say, and I think you and I have even talked about this in the past, Similar to having that time to create and innovate uh, is, is about purpose and really kind of identifying with the overall mission of a company. Now, that's not necessarily a perk, but this is uh, a way in which a company can be more attractive to an employee because of some real social uh, higher-order purpose that, that that company has. Um, that 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 makes a difference and makes that per, you know employee feel really good about working for that organization. Yeah, you know it's so interesting Maslow's hierarchy. How many years back? Fifty, sixty, seventy years back. Yeah. And the Maslow's hierarchy of um, you know satisfaction is 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 really what works. Isn't that amazing? It it works, you know, because I think fundamentally people really haven't changed. In terms of like what makes people tick, what makes right. people happy, what makes people uh, in, engaged and, and feeling like they're satisfied or and, and more, right? Um, I think it comes down to some pretty basic human needs, and some of these theories um, hold true. Yeah, right? and many companies maybe we could have overlooked it in the twentieth century, but. I think what I hear you saying is that you cannot overlook it now. If you, you want to, yeah. And, and then I would think maybe the last thing I would add again, this is, it feels pretty consistent to some of these other strategies. Is just is the investment in someone's development and yeah. learning growth, because you know I think the new normal is that change is a constant. Yeah. So there is continuing pressure for somebody to stay on top of the latest and greatest, to refresh their skills, to be agile. 
the way to be agile and to be able to stay on top of those is to kind of have continual learning and investment in people, uh, the ability to, to learn new skills and capabilities is, is very valued by employees, uh, yeah. for sure. So I, I do think that those are perks that go a long way. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, those are the different kind of perks. When, I don't know about you, but when, when I was first uh, coming up, you know, we had all these big, what we used to call them pinnacle trips at GE, and, you know, you'd have you and your spouse. and I mean, they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But it really is those more sort of intrinsic things that that really float people's boats, and they and they actually always have. Uh, it's just that they need to be emphasized more today. So let me ask you this, Jean: What does this say for HR? How how can what does HR need to do in this? And are they ever going to be relevant? It's 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 a great question. You are you are very good at asking. The question. Um, <laughs> from an HR perspective, we, we've had a couple of interesting, uh, well, I, I've, I've, I've been a part of a couple of interesting conferences and, and leadership discussions where this was, this was the, very, the very question kind of at the end of the day, which is, well, what does this mean to HR? What I heard pretty loud and clear was that HR really needs to reimagine who they are and what they do for an organization, which is interesting and, and quite refreshing, actually, because I would say that while there has been some movement and discussion around this over the years, it seems to be reaching a, you know, a fever pitch where there are lots of organizations really saying this and lots of organizations actually acknowledging that, you know what, we've got to do something different because of what's happening from a technology company, because of all that's happening and, and coming at us from a business model shift. We're merging. We're more global. We're, you know, fundamentally, work is changing. Well, the, all of these things have really pretty significant implications to HR, who you know, I, I would say typically is seen as the steward for talent. And if they want to be relevant to help and, and guide sort of all these talent strategies, you know, with all the impacts, you know, implications that we just talked about, they they really have to reimagine them because in many cases they're not set up to support the talent needs of the future organization, right? So just Absolutely. as an example, if we, if we think about all this, uh, these technology shifts, well, that, that's going to create a whole different set of skills and capabilities needed within the organization. You probably can't rely on, you know, let's, let's just even call it the skill capability or capability frameworks that you have today. They probably all need to be rethought and yeah. and and mapped to whatever kind of talent needs that you have going forward. Um, so, Jean, what, what let's the- hold it here. Let's hold it here yeah. and let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this. What are the what are the things that that need to change in HR, and how are we going to begin to address them? So stay with us. I'm talking to Jean Lee. Fascinating conversation about really the role of HR and how that's going to have to change dramatically. Voice America Business Network. 
the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Wow. Fabulous conversation with Jean Lee. I, I, I know you're, I, my head is spinning and I'm thinking about all these other questions that I want to ask Jean. But we were just talking about um, HR and how HR has to change and some of the things that HR may need to rethink. It seems to me that the 20th century, especially the end of the 20th century, is liter- littered with these competency models and frameworks that, you know, we all put in place. And, and it just seems to me that maybe those are things that are not so valuable anymore. And, Jean, you were starting to address that when we went on break. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, it's interesting. You know, maybe just to illuminate, I could talk about a couple of things that, you know, one we've done within PwC as well as just what I'm, what I'm seeing other companies do. From a, from a capability standpoint, if I talk about what PwC did, we really rethought our whole framework in terms of, you know, what did we actually care about and what did we want our workforce or our employee base to be focused on. And what we, we came to find is that there were actually a lot of, uh, fo- there was a lot of focus on technical capabilities, um, but not enough on sort of the broader set of capabilities, like um, maybe some of the softer uh, types of things, as well as the uh, global, global and business acumen, relationship management, a little bit more of the, um, I guess, capabilities that kind of make you a more holistic uh, advisor, uh, we had we had not really illuminated that in a way where people could really understand what they needed to focus on. First of all, but two, what the manifestation of those capabilities were. So we spent 
a lot of time and effort to really build out and define the behaviors that mm. said, you know, here, here, you, you demonstrate this capability, you, you demonstrate, you know, mastery in this area. And, and that made actually a really huge difference um, in, in, in us as a, as a firm to be able to, one, um, be clear about kind of what we want from our talent, but then, two, to be able to grow and develop talent along the way. So that, that made a significant difference and really was, I think, the underpinning to a lot of transformation we, we executed from a, from a talent perspective. Some of the things that I'm seeing other organizations do are similar, but also um, kind of taking it to a next, next level. So I know that, you know, culture... Um, yeah. I, I guess you can you can have a lot of different opinions about culture to the extent to which you can really actually change culture. Um, but I've seen I've seen a lot of organizations start down the path uh, of really saying what what kind of culture are we trying to drive, and get right. very specific from a behavior right. standpoint as well as kind of really defining the kind of informal informal ways in which they want to demonstrate culture either because of the org structure or because of the leadership um, that they put in place or the decision-making or the investments in, in learning and, and so on. But uh, it's, it's been interesting because I think that all of these things are, are really pretty good examples of um, ways in which HR is, is starting to make shifts and, and, and kind of move away from how they are today. Yeah. Well, you know, I, of course, you, you and I know each other well and, and, Culture is big on my uh, list. I think companies have not spent enough time thinking about what their culture is and what the culture is that they need in order to survive, frankly, in this in this next century. And I think that's a clear skill for HR leaders, that they have got to understand how to analyze a culture, help, help leaders see what the culture is, help leaders see the connection between their behaviors and their culture that they're creating and the engagement of their employees. Are you seeing the same thing, Jean? I am. I wouldn't say it's universal in that, you know, I don't know that every HR leader um, is, is taking on the responsibility to, to, to drive culture, but I am seeing it a whole lot more as a, as a topic of discussion for sure, as well as I think that those that are going to be successful in making this shift are the ones that are are taking a kind of business first look at the culture shift that's needed, right? So I think culture change for the sake of changing culture is likely not going to be successful. Is it's useless, it's right? by sort of the real business issue and business driver for change, then, then I think there's, there's a chance for success for sure. But then that really underpins it in sort of the purpose and why that company exists. I think that also, to me, um, is a way in which HR becomes that value-added leader in the organization where they're, they're not just... Um, you know, owners of these HR processes, they are, they understand the business, first of all. Right. And, and, and they are then, you know, true partners to, you know, the C-suite, right? And, and um, to me, it just elevates the position and the value that, you know, that HR leader can have in the organization because they really understand the business, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, 
totally important. We've been saying that for years, that HR people really need to understand the business. Uh, but I don't think it's the prevailing uh, skill set. So if you had some advice to give to HR people around what they would need to do to really not be archaic in this next in this next and you know this next century what what advice would that be Jean? I think there are a couple things that I would I would recommend. Uh, I think the first one is just building on the point that I was just ma- making around kind of that relevancy from a from a business perspective. Um, and 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 really, you know, fundamentally being a business person first, a business leader um, that has a you know a special lens and priority on you know the talent agenda, and 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 really working on on those kinds of things for 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 their for their leaders and their peers across the organization. I think that I think that's the first thing. Um, sort of tangential to that is I think this whole topic of analytics and insights, we haven't really even talked about this. Right. Um, this, this also, I do think, is, is a really important way that um, HR can, can reinvent themselves um, is, is really bringing the, the insights and the intelligence to the leaders across the organization about their talent and, and not only doing it in a sort of lagging type of a way, but really thinking uh, predictively about it. So that's that's a lot of what uh, I would say leading organizations um, are what leading organizations are doing, which is they're they're adopting predictive analytics. They are coming up with sort of the profiles and doing the analysis to really figure out the trends and the patterns of their talent, so that they can get ahead of, let's say, retention uh, or attrition. Uh, they can get ahead of um, recruiting because they know sort of where they've been successful, uh, you know, before in terms of um, really good hires, um, as well as they can, you know, start to um, help leaders across the organization uh, with business planning, right? Like real workforce planning. Um, yeah, because absolutely. Because they understand the needs of the business and they they understand their supply and they can you know, help help with 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 real strategic planning at kind of a function level. So, um, I would say really understanding and having some facility and skills around the analytics and true business insight um, is really important. Um, and then the one of the, one of the other things that um, gosh, this could be a topic in and of itself. In and of itself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, part of me feels bad about bringing it up, but um, the I guess the whole employee experience and really thinking end-to-end about what employees want uh, is, is, is really important and, and I, I would say critical in, in terms of kind of staying relevant uh, and on top of the pulse of the organization. Um, more and more, and, and in fact, this is a really interesting trend, just as much as, you know, I've been hearing about the future of work and a lot of people, you know, thinking about, well, gosh, what, is, what, is the, what does work mean for us? Just as many organizations are talking about employee experience and in fact, a lot of organ- you know, I've seen some organizations change the head of HR position to the head of employee experience. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think it's an interesting notion, uh, which really signals something a little bit different to me, which is, you know, they're thinking about their employees like customers, and right. really wanted to have that end-to-end experience seamless and interesting and engaging, 
and easy and, you know, in, in many different vehicles and, and avenues. So to me, that's a really nice, fresh look um, at, uh, at, at thinking about employees and also, to me, seems like the right way to look at it from an outside-in perspective. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect time to take a break. Uh, stay with us because we have some questions in from uh, emailed in to us uh, for Jean that we're going to be answering from the field. So stay with us. Talking to Jean Lee, principal at PricewaterhouseCoopers. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network dr linda sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success do you want to put the wow in your talent practices how about a spring in your leadership approaches coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great if you want a no-nonsense practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results contact linda today visit lindasharkey.com again that's lindasharkey.com we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network live wherever you go on iphone blackberry or android download it from the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. We're... Finishing our last segment with Jean Lee, the principal at PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, the change in uh, leadership practice, and just a great, great conversation. Jean, we have a we have a question in uh, that was uh, emailed in, and and the person wants to know, you know, what three pieces of advice do you have to stay relevant if you're in HR? Three pieces of advice. Well, I would say the first piece of advice is really push yourself. I mean, you know, just as we've been saying, there are so many different implications to organizations these days, which then is translating to implications to talent, implications to the organization overall. You know, take take a close look at yourself from a, from an HR leadership perspective, and and really push yourself and say like, what 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 is the right way for us uh, to to add value to the organization, and push yourself because more and more I think organizations that aren't doing that um, are not relevant, and they are and they are not seen as value added 
partners to the organization. I would say that's, that's the first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is, um, I, you know, I would be really encouraging of, of organizations to be innovative and creative and, and leverage technology as much as possible. So I guess, again, could be a show in and of itself, I've been really encouraged and excited by all the different options that are out there from a technology perspective that really can help organizations, one, not only do things better and more efficiently, um, but then allows them um, to be that value-added partner to the organization, either because they are more efficient um, and can focus on other activities, um, but also because... Um, it, it allows them to um, just be more streamlined. And I, and I think that uh, technology, from, from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing, uh, really is the key to uh, continued agility and, and ability to manage change going forward. Yeah. That's the second piece of advice. I think the third one you know, maybe it just goes back to the comment I made about employee experience and really kind of thinking uh, outside in. Been really doing some interesting uh, work with organizations these days, and I think design thinking is really, mm. uh, it's really an interesting way to think about the employee experience and having that empathy for your customer. And um, I, 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 li- I, like, I like having that lens on the employee experience because it really makes you think differently and I think makes you more focused and prioritize on what the real value is that you can add to the organization. So those are the the three that rise to the top for me. I love the employee experience one. I mean, I had um, someone on who wrote uh, Think Like a Fan and it was so important that, that we... That, that organizations begin to think about their employees as really customers of their organization because people have choices today. They really do. You know, Jean, this the show has gone so fast and we didn't really have any time to talk about the conferences you guys have done. I know you just did this great conference in, in uh, Paris. I'm sorry I couldn't couldn't make it there, but, uh, you know, on, on the future of work, as you say, kind of, you know, that's the buzzword of today, but... Anything, you know, in the next couple of minutes that you want to share about some of these conferences that you guys have been putting on and and, and that one in particular? Well, that one, hopefully we'll get a chance to go next year, Linda, uh, because it is an annual conference that we put on. I I, I think it just generated a lot of great conversation along the topics that we talked about, but even to some other things like uh, working until, you know, you're 100. So interestingly, you know, the, the workforce, um, one, is just aging more, as well as these, these, the notion of um, the generations and the, the different demographics in the workforce, that's changing too. So really, as a, as a, a, a valued, uh, an employee or a gainfully employed person, you could have a pretty significant career working much more than than the norms are today. So yeah, that, that, that's, that was a really interesting topic that was discussed this year in Paris. A lot of talk about digitization of, of work as well as HR, uh, the, the business proposition or the people ROI uh, w- w- was also another topic of discussion. And we also, we also sponsored a, 
a conference or we one of the sponsors for a conference focused very specifically on talent uh, strategies within the tech sector. This was just a couple oh. weeks ago in San Francisco wow. where, where there was a lot of great discussion around uh, our, our, our point of view on the employee experience. Uh, the, the attendees really talked a lot about reimagining HR, which was really terrific conversation, and a lot of discussion about the contingent workforce. Yeah, uh, big. Like any, anymore, you may not have actually an empl- a permanent employee right. as part of your workforce. And what does that mean from a talent perspective as well as from an HR perspective? You, you've got a whole different set of processes as well as considerations for the employee experience to, right. to think about. Right. I mean, that's going to change. I mean, you're already talking about portable uh, retirement situations, and, you know, we, we, we've started to see benefits that's already happened so that people can move around because people are going to be moving around a lot as, exactly as we right. know. But, as you know, there's, know, there's a ton of stuff that we do as well as investments in, in thought leadership. So uh, I would encourage anybody to go to our website, pwc.com, to take a look because across a number of different sectors as well as very specifically on the uh, HR and talent agenda, uh, we've got lots of thought leadership and papers out there. Yes, you do, Jean. And as always, I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I just love it so much. And I'm going to have you back because you are just a wealth of, of information. And, you know, thanks so much. PwC, great organization. I, I have to confess, I use a lot of their research myself in, in uh, presentations and talks that I do all over the world. So thanks again, Jean. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure was all mine. I look forward to coming back. Oh, definitely. We'll have you back. The next couple of shows, we have uh, Rita McGrath, who is a best-selling author of her book. We're going to be talking about strategy in uh, the 21st century. What do you, how do we have to, how do companies even have to rethink how they actually do strategy in such a fast-paced and changing world. Uh, you know, Rita was is really terrific. I met her um, through Marshall Goldsmith. My, uh, he's, I'm a founding member of the Marshall Goldsmith Group. And um, so we were having dinner together, and I'm just very excited that she agreed to come. Uh, we're going to be having a couple other CEOs um, from other companies, and I'm just looking forward to what's ahead. My real focus now is helping leaders and organizations think about what do you have to do to stay relevant? It's not a matter of sustain. You got to be relevant so that you can sustain yourself going forward. So thank you so much. I appreciate everybody who writes into me. I appreciate everybody who listens to the show. And thanks to all those many, many, many thousands of people out there who listen and um, sign in later around the world. So I'm signing off. I'm Linda Sharkey, host of I Lead the Leadership Connection. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead the Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 